welcome to another episode of Behind the Mask. I am excited to be back for another episode. We are on episode, I think this is number five. We've, this we've is done, number five. We've number done five. five. Yeah. Yep. I didn't think we'd even get this far, which is awesome. But I knew well. I knew we I knew we would get this far. I just didn't think that um, you know we. I, I was expecting us to have an episode where we had nothing to talk about, <laughs> <laughs> where it's just like welcome to behind the mask and yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, welcome to behind the mask. I am Eugene, and with me, as always, my co-host Dennis. How's it going? Oh, hello. hello. It's awesome to see you again. You know, it's absolutely. It's been a uh, in- interesting few. I would say a few weeks since the last one that we did. Yeah, it's been almost two weeks. So we've had the we've had the um, the Sunshine State event coming nope. up. Um, in- yeah, it's coming up this weekend. Yeah, it's it's coming up this weekend. For those of you listening, it'll be. Um, it's, March uh, 30th. It's April. Or sorry, uh, April 30th <laughs> through May 2nd. Second, yeah. Yeah, through May 2nd. <clears throat> sorry about that. Which if I, re- if I remember correctly, uh, last time we spoke to B, didn't she say that they were going to feel the team out there? They are. They are. Yeah. They, in fact, um, for those of you listening who are following B on social media, if, if not, uh, look her up at B Paxson. Um, she had some video of them out at uh, Highway one paintball. They had the, uh, they had the Florida field set up for practice. So it was, it was really nice. Uh, it looks like the field layout is going to be really good. It's going to make for a lot of, uh, exciting games um thomas taylor also had some video on his social media as well of them practicing on the field layout up in oregon so hopefully we're going to see some uh, some great action some great matches yeah which we're hoping hopefully we can get thomas on this show uh possibly after florida to see how they yeah. do i am yeah, going yeah, to try my best to watch as much of the <coughs> tournament as possible since i do have uh Go sport. Yeah. You know what? The generous person I am, I will share my account with you, Dennis. Because if <laughs> I miss it, at least you can catch it. And uh, yeah, check out, you know, you can check out a lot of their content, which is actually pretty good. Um, and for those of you out there that have never heard us, we're two old guys that have been playing paintball for, you know, I actually did the math about 22 years. Yeah. With, with like a 10 year gap in there with a little gap in the middle. I think it was more of a, <laughs> it was only a couple of years for me. Cause I, I got back into playing a little bit and then I stopped and then I started again, but we've been doing this for a long time, long time. Yeah. Long time. And, uh, man, I was just on YouTube and I was actually, I was working on a, a little bit of a project cause I, I do some graphics on the side and I thought, you know what? I want to watch one of the old paintball videos that's out there. So I was trying to think of the oldest one. And the oldest one that I thought of was push. Push. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, for for everybody listening, do yourselves a favor and uh, Google the, the movie push. Um, not the one with uh, Captain America in it with the psychic powers. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> this um, is probably one of the defining uh, paintball documentaries. I'm not even going to call it a movie. It is a documentary because it, it does go in a lot of the the uh, not the history of the sport as much, but more the history of the teams that they're showcasing, the individual players that they're showcasing. Um, you get a feel for what they are about, why they you know, feel so strongly about playing this sport and what drew them in, in the first place. It's amazing though. I mean, some of the footage looks very archaic because they're playing on fields that by today's standards would be, you know, very. They're, it's ancient. <laughs> I mean, it is. You're, you're talking about a, a documentary that was made and it was the first of them. Yeah, it was in 2000 when that thing came out. Yeah, and which doesn't seem like that long ago in terms of you know when you when you put it on the timeline. Yeah, 20 years, but it's in the 2000s. But when you watch it, it, it it's like night and day compared to the way the sport is now. You look at the fields; they're playing literally on fields that uh, the borders are just caution tape. And the bunkers that they're using are basically just big mounds of dirt and sticks and maybe some old wooden spools that large you know, cable was wrapped around or something like that. But well, um, but not only that, but it was 10 man. Exactly. And that was that was going to be the other thing I was going to mention is that the format that they're showcasing in the movie is is nothing like what you see today. It is definitely nothing like you see today. And then when you actually look at the markers that they're using, the freaking they're cockers, yeah, cockers and auto cockers uh, and auto mags. Yeah, auto mags. Maybe I, a, I a couple Bush of early angel. Yeah, Bushmasters. Maybe Bush one Masters. of the early L, uh, angel LCDs. Yeah. Which unfortunately, those markers are, are no longer existent. The angel marker, but um, you know what? Yeah, you know it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Well, what's funny when you mentioned the angel marker, I actually found out that a buddy of mine is a big collector of angel markers. I did oh, yeah. not know that those things are still, they hold their value like legit. And even some of them have actually oh, absolutely. increased in value. Oh, absolutely. For the collectability of them, um, especially the, the older models like the angel LCD, um, you know, it, it, they definitely hold their value. It's insane. I was, I was completely blown away. He was telling me, "Oh yeah, I just spent thirty three hundred bucks." I was all like, "On what?" And he showed me, it was three angel markers, and he's all like, "Yeah, this one's worth fifteen hundred dollars. This one's worth twenty two hundred dollars, and this one's the one that's the rarer of them. It's actually worth three thousand. But I got all three of them for thirty three hundred. I was all like, "Holy Jesus. crap!" And he's got like forty grand worth of vintage equipment. At his wow. house. Yeah. Wow. I'm like, dude, you got to set that up and let me go and like film <laughs> that because that's, it's like you got a museum. I mean, oh, absolutely. Paintball museum. Yeah. He's selling sandanas. He's trying to get rid of the sandanas he has and it's original sandanas. And he's all uh -huh. like, yeah, this one goes for like 150 bucks. And somebody offered me 200 for this. I was all like, <laughs> wow. Money in the bank, I tell you. Um, yeah. Just like with any collectible, obviously, you know the value is only predicated upon what somebody's worth paying for. But um, 
uh, yeah, it blows me away. And I know that there is still a, a big market for the Sandana uh, gear in general because, you know, they had Sandana jerseys, you know, like they were almost like thick sweatshirts, but, um, you know, Sandana jerseys, Sandana pants, uh, you know, the, and obviously the headgear and the, the headbands and stuff like that. I know there's a big market for that. And a lot of people to this day, as you said, pay quite a bit to collect that stuff. So it doesn't surprise me. It's it's just crazy, dude. But yeah. going back to the push video, um, they did do like they did a as you as you're watching the video, they did a, kind of a history even further back. Mm-hmm. And it was talking about the old Iron Man and seeing even the, them yes. in the tournaments that they were in. That's even like, holy crap, they, all they got on is freaking goggles. Yeah, I'm just talking, goggles. I'm not talking what we're called, what we call goggles, where it covers the whole face. It literally is just straight goggles around the eyes. If you guys, just around this, the eyes. you guys would be like, what the? Yeah, that's all they yeah. use. Yeah, back when it was Bob Long's Iron Man. Yeah. Well, and no, we, it was still back. It was before they called him Bob Long's Iron Man because he talks about that in the video where they had the oh, split. Oh, you're right. They had the split and there was the Iron Man and he started his and, own Bob Long's Iron Man. His own Bob Long's Iron Man. You're right. You're yeah. right. Yes. Which is crazy. Now, yeah. so those of you guys that are listening right now, if you don't know about these paintball videos because – they don't make them anymore. You know, everything is now streaming and you'll find like a lot of the content, of course, like I've already said on ghost sport, it's cool stuff. It's good stuff. They film great. They got a lot of great content, but it's not like what we had. It it just feels, I don't know. It feels like ESPN where we had these DVDs that we would watch and we'd sit around and, you know, it was really cool. And, but push is, it is just a, it's a time capsule of seeing what it was, plus all the dudes that were in it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, legends of the sport in the truest sense of the word, because, you know, a lot of them don't play anymore, but they really paved the way for where the sport is now. Um, it was one of its kind. Um, and even, even as Eugene said, that uh, even though we're not really seeing a lot of these documentary style uh, movies on the sport anymore. Uh, one of the companies that kind of led the way, which was Monkey with a Gun, they're having a little bit of a resurgence. Uh, they, they've got a new social media, new Instagram page. And I think they're going to be jumping back into that market and uh, trying to kind of trying to, to pick up where they left off. But um, the way it, the format of the the documentary itself was really what made it stand out because again, they chose to highlight the individual teams, individual players, and give you some depth and history to it. But they would also intermingle footage of actual matches. And they had this soundtrack that they added to the movies that while it was never my taste in music, you know, if I was sitting around and I felt like listening to music, these were not the bands that I would put on, <laughs> but when coupled with the footage that was in the movie, it just fits so perfect. And it literally created a soundtrack for the sport. Yeah. And so you saw a lot of bands that, you know, by today's standards, of, you know, many of them probably people would may, may not have heard of, but um, it, it took 
uh, it, it kind of took that like emo screamo kind of sound from the early 2000s and it, it just fits so well with the with the footage with the imagery and it's funny because you would talk to people at the time you'd ask them you know what's your what's your soundtrack because at, at this at this point in time ipods were kind of the thing and and a lot of people had them uh, so then, you know you'd see people walking around in the pits in the in the area where the players are you know, mustering with their teams and getting ready for each match and stuff. And you see these guys walking around with earbuds in and you know, they've, they've got something going. You talk to them and ask them, what are you listening to? And sure enough, they're going to rattle off three or four names of bands that were featured in this movie. And so again, it set the tone for a lot of the other movies that followed it. Sunday driver, serial killers. Yeah. I mean, they kind of all had that same format where they interjected this music that is, it just fit and it, and it set the tone and it was amazing. Well, with monkey with the gun, they actually teamed up with a couple of actual indie record labels, which I actually listened to a lot of the bands, which yeah, was, yeah, they did I think it was, they had a lot of alkaline trio. I'm not sure yeah. what label they were on, but they, they featured Monkey. a lot of alkaline trio and um, vagrant. I think vagrant. Might have been one of them. Yeah. Um, so they did. They did have some bands that were on Fat Records, mm -hmm. which is a little bit more of a punk label. But yeah. But it was cool because they held on to that uh, partnership through mm -hmm. the rest of their D their DVDs that they put out. So you're they listening did. to a yeah. lot of their great and a lot of the good bands from that they had on those labels were on those. DVDs, but you're right. Like mm -hmm. a lot of those songs, I was like, I actually was listening to those bands. It wasn't because of the DVDs, but it was bands that I was already listening to. And it was like, man, I, I totally, you know, I get into it even more because these are bands that I like. Yeah, exactly. Um, but with Push, it was for me seeing it now, I was it was a little rough, but I had to set aside the, the fact that yes, this is you know, this is 2000 when they filmed this and the gameplay is completely different. Obviously it's, it's a little, it feels a little bit slower, but you know, he, they tried to make it feel as fast paced as possible. Uh -huh. Because again, you're dealing with a 10 man format. Yep. So it was really crazy. And then just seeing the young guys, <laughs> Todd Martinez, uh, Maddie Marshall, Ollie Lang. Um, I think did I was, and, and and they and those guys were ki basically kids at the time. Uh, Todd and Ollie's, especially Matt. Maddie was a little bit older, but they were kids at the time. So yeah, it, it's it's crazy. But if you get a chance, go onto YouTube because it's definitely on YouTube. Look yeah. it up. It's about an hour and change long. It's not very long, but it'll give you more of a history of where the paintball i guess you could say where it where it started to go the roots and, of yeah, it, and, it and the direction the it was heading in yeah yeah because i just found out today that which i already knew that obviously paintball started back in 1981 and tournaments started not too long after that yeah yeah it, it came very quickly after yeah. the sport was kind of i don't want to say legitimized but for lack of a better term that's you know we'll go with that 
But, but you're absolutely right. Yeah, tournaments started not not too long afterwards. And it was, from what I heard, a 15-man format. 15-man, mm-hmm. and it was much more strategic. Like people yeah. literally would, would sit in one spot in a bush and wait for somebody to walk by, that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and the games were an hour long. Mm-hmm. I was Sometimes like, more. I was Sometimes like, more. Oh man, an hour long. I'm like, jeez, that's yeah. crazy. But the reason why they broke it down was of the almighty dollar. They figured, oh, absolutely. That, hey, you know what? We can do a tournament. We can do a ten man tournament, and that means that there'll be five guys from one team and five guys from another team. They can get together. We can double the amount of teams that come in. Uh-huh. And then somebody had the bright idea to, to then break it down even more, and they're like. Well, if we can do a five-man tournament, that means that we're even breaking them up even more, and there's more teams coming to these tournaments. More teams coming in, exactly. Which exactly. Insane, but it's, of course, driven by the almighty dollar, as always. But anyways, so you guys get a chance. Start off viewing your DVD. Go back in your history with Push. That is, I would say, there. Then, yeah, I- what? I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I, w- I was just going to agree with you. I think Push is, is probably the best jumping off point. And then from there, looking for movies, as I said, like Sunday Driver, Serial Killers. The, there is a whole series called Jawbreaker that was done by, I think it was Trauma Head Sports did the Jawbreaker series. Um, they're all just, I mean, fascinating to watch for one because they, each episode, especially in the Jawbreaker series, they highlight specific players they highlight specific teams they talk about the events that were going on at the time of the filming um it's a really nice kind of cross-section of the sport and you can watch the progression of it which is a lot of fun because you see them going from the early kind of woods ball type fields where everything was more tactical and camouflage and, and, you know, playing on dirt fields. And then you start slowly seeing a spattering of these inflatable fields showing up. And then more and more as the, even just from year to year, you would see the progression of the tournament style. Uh, what at first became known as speedball and then became known as, you know, the, the tournament side of the the sport you watch it literally grow and become this huge beast by oh gosh i'd say within the span of five to six years it it, it was night and day yeah. from where it was to where it had you know become at that point yeah so it was it, it's a really really cool cross-section and again starting with push and then slowly working your way into the other videos you get a really really cool look into the origin or not the origins but early origins of the sport as it is today well, and a lot of the big names that shaped where the sport is now yeah well the funny thing is that so right after I watched Push, I, uh, I mean, I was still sitting there working away. I moved right into Sunday Driver. Uh-huh. If, if you guys, again, these these uh, videos I'm recommending, definitely watch them. I know they're old. You guys are going to be like, oh, this is old stuff and blah, blah, <laughs> blah, whatever. You know, they're not, they don't have the markers that we got and all this other stuff. But you know what? 
that's how they got the freaking skill to be able to do what they're doing to this day is using those yeah. markers. Cause you had to, you know, you're shooting a freaking autococker, which is, you'll see them push. You're shooting an autococker, which you're just pulling on that big old trigger. And it's one trigger, you know, one ball. Just pew, pew, pew. Yeah. Yeah. If you were, if you were really good and you had gotten one of the new, what they called the swing frame, which was more, in the style of today's marker, it had a larger trigger guard blade trigger. So you could actually fit two fingers inside there. If you got a really good rhythm on those old cockers with the swing frame, you could probably hit eight balls a second, something like that. But as Eugene said, this is a fully mechanical marker yep. that required a very, you know, at least compared to other markers had a very heavy trigger pull. Yeah. So then we, Fast forward to Sunday Driver, and Sunday Driver, for me, was like the ultimate paintball video, even though there was more that came afterwards. That speech from Maddie Marshall that started that thing off, every time I hear it, just gets me like, it gets me amped up and I want to get out there and play. It's, I mean, Maddie Marshall is definitely a great writer. I can't even talk. My mouth's all, uh, but he is definitely a great writer. And just that speech alone at the beginning of Sunday driver, it's like, Oh dude, Maddie just captured everything all in that first speech to start it off. And then you move right into the video and, you know, gameplay starts going. And that one highlights more of the young players and how they have moved on. Cause again, you're now seeing, you know, young Maddie, young Todd, young Ollie, young Alex Frazier. And uh, yeah, it's crazy to see them in that video and see how young they are. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because then, like, after a couple hours of me watching these things, I got to, um, I pulled up an interview that Maddie and Todd did uh, just last year. Uh-huh. And it's like, if I put the picture of them two side by side with the picture of them two from like Sunday driver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, you know, just like you and me, we've all aged. Oh yeah. But, Oh it, yeah. But that, that video there, that one's a really good one too. Yeah, it is. It is. You've also got Lasoya in it. You got Telford talking. You got uh, Rusty Glaze. You've got mm-hmm. uh, the, the Glaze brothers because yeah. I think Gator's in there as well. Rusty and Gator both. I think. Yeah, I think both of them are in that. Um, yeah, but that one we're starting to see more of the, and we're seeing an emergence of Dynasty. Yes. Yeah. Before Dynasty became the powerhouse that they are right now, yeah. um, they were very good even then. They were. But before they were the, the the powerhouse team that they are now. Yeah. You get to see an early glimpse of them. <clears throat> and, you know, at that time, the Ironmen were probably the premier team. And yeah. you get to see a lot of the Ironmen as well. Um teams that don't exist anymore that, you know, kind of, you know, it was a little bit of a dagger in my heart when I found out that trauma doesn't exist anymore. I love, for some reason, I just glommed onto the Baltimore trauma. They were, they were really, really cool. They shot the early matrix markers that, uh, that took the the game by storm. 
you know, there was bad company that uh, when they first came out, they were strictly a a team that shot spiders. And for those of you listening, the spider marker, I think Kingman still exists. I don't know if they're still producing paintball markers or not. They may just be doing aftermarket products and stuff. But I know that that company also did make other things. They made like performance parts for cars and stuff like that. But at any rate, um, this team shot exclusively uh, spider markers. And the spider marker, a lot of people kind of slept on because they they said, well, it's just not very good. It's, a, it's primarily considered an entry-level marker, essentially – you know, what you could get for, you know, a couple hundred dollars. And it was not super accurate, not super efficient on air. And, you know, just couldn't compete with some of the the better guns, even, even in the mechanical age. But they were one of the first marker companies to introduce a electronic uh, marker. Which and horrible. Huh? It was still horrible. Hey, the Electro Spiders were great. That was one of my first, <laughs> that was one of the first markers I ever owned myself. Do you, um, remember, do you remember the spider tournament that we did? Yes. And talk about a horrible electronic gun. Those, those weren't bad. They weren't bad guns. They just had to be heavily modified. Oh yeah, you. It's like right out of the, yeah. It wasn't a bad gun, but you know, you just need to spend a couple hundred dollars more to get it to where it should be. Yeah, I mean, you had to you had to use you know a better barrel, and a lot of a lot of players would take the they would take those those spiders and rip all the internals out and put internals from a different marker in there and put aftermarket boards in there, but they but they were okay. <laughs> oh god that, but, that um, yeah so if you guys if you guys want to know about a, a, a tournament that spider did and it was strictly you had to use the spider spider markers yeah the spider they, cup is what it was called the spider yeah. cup and they gave away three hummers to the team oh that's that. right they did yeah that's i was right. i cannot believe that they were able to pull that off somehow to get three hummers it doesn't surprise me because the parent company Kingman, uh, as I was telling the listeners just a second ago, um, you know, I mean, they they made more than just paintball equipment. They also made aftermarket car parts. They had a division of the company, I think, that did like um, electronic paraphernalia, like uh, CPUs and and sound sound cards and stuff like that for computers. I mean, they made so much stuff, so money wasn't an issue. The thing that surprised me was that they, for as big a name as they were, and they were a very big name, as I said, you know, Spider was very well known, even though they they were not represented in the higher tiers of the sport. Excuse me. Um, they were very well known. The company had a lot of financial backing, and so they they were one of the more higher tier sponsors for a lot of the major professional tournament circuits and stuff like that. Um but the thing that surprised me was this is their own proprietary tournament series. They were three man. Mm-hmm. And as Eugene said, you could only shoot their guns. So that being said, <laughs> the top prize being three Hummers. 
was a little bit of a head scratcher. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, it definitely separated the uh, the guys who the weekend warriors from the ones who could go out and actually hang with any marker. The guys who really trained for the sport, who really, really knew how to play the angles, so to speak. It was definitely an interesting tournament. <clears throat> I had a lot of fun in it, though. I mean, that was one of the few tournaments where I myself got a flag hang. <laughs> and being a back player, that doesn't happen very often. That's right. You did. It was It was actually – it was a lot of fun. Um, doing a three-man tournament is definitely interesting, and there's – I've noticed a lot more of those that are starting to come out. Yeah. Yeah. So. There's – there's been a uh, kind of a resurgence in the smaller format, the three-man format. Um, there's actually, I could swear that I've seen somewhere there's going to be some more on the, the local level, uh, five-man tournaments as well, but not in the um, not in the X-Ball format. No. X-Ball is just too expensive to play outside of the NXL. There's just yeah. no way to be able to do that because – I mean, think about it. The amount of paint that you're throwing. Yeah, exactly. One game. Exactly. I mean, I if if you look at if you look at some of the the teams that are that are playing that format, the snake players alone are carrying seven to ten pods. Yeah. And the back players are carrying upwards of thirteen. Yeah. Something which, like that. You know? Which is funny that uh, taking it back to Sunny Driver. I know that's what I that's one thing that I noticed was the packs they were wearing. And I mm-hmm. uh, I don't know who it was that was that dove into a snake, but he had literally a three pack on. I didn't it was I remember now. It was just three pods. Yeah, it was just three pods. Yeah, yeah. I'm picturing it in my mind, but I don't recall the player. I don't remember, but I the pod packs are definitely have definitely come up come a long way. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And it it just goes kind of doubling back onto that same point of the evolution of the sport itself. Uh, You know, when Eugene and I were actively in the tournament circuit, depending on where you played on the field, predicated how much paint you were carrying, you know, and your front players, your snake players tended to only carry maybe five pods because they needed to be light small and they needed to be able to get into their spots quick and they weren't laning they weren't just raining paint on the uh, opposing team they were trying to get into those little nooks and crannies and pull run-throughs and bunker moves and stuff like that uh you know your mid player would carry maybe seven pods or something like that your back guys were carrying like 10 um, but we're also talking about it at a time when you know, the rate of fire for the MPPL was it was semi only, but it was capped at, I think, 15, 15 balls a second or something like that. I thought it was a little higher than that. It may have been. Oh, no, I, I, I take that back for the MPPL at the time, as long as your gun was a true semi. So one trigger pull, one shot, yeah. you could fire as fast as you were capable of firing and now some of the markers could easily go well over 20 balls per second some in some cases guys who really practiced at it could get it up to like 23 to 25 balls per second which is fast insane. i mean it's crazy fast um and a lot and a lot of the time that was your back players because that was their job was to lane and just lay down a, a paint 
literally spray and pray in some cases, you know, but it was to provide cover for the, the front and mid players to advance up the field. Um, and then with the advent of X-Ball format, they allowed in what was called the PSP at the time. Um, they allowed ramping up to 15 balls per second. And now it's capped at, I think, 10, three or something like that. Um, so we're talking about a time when paint was literally flying constantly. Um, and so, like I say, it, the amount of paint you carried walking onto the field was determined by where on the the, the field you started out at. And so, yeah, like Eugene said, you know, some of these early movies, these guys are only carrying maybe three pods of paint. And the whole point being is that at that time, it was much more strategic and you did not have the faster pace where the guys trying to do these run throughs, they were literally crawling into these little spots and then poke out in one or two shots trying to pick somebody off. So, uh, it it's just been a really kind of a fun trip down, excuse me, down, uh, you know, what is that nostalgia lane? I guess you could say memory lane. Uh, memory lane. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, looking at where we were as opposed to where we are now. And it's, it's kind of bittersweet for me. Because I think about it, and I'm like, oh, the good old days. There's just nothing like, it. <laughs> you know, that's where the old man in me starts to come out. Yeah. And, you know, seeing how, seeing even in these videos, seeing the camaraderie between the, not only the teams themselves, but like the players within a team, mm-hmm. amongst players in general from team to team, you start off the game. And these guys are talking crap and like, oh, blah, blah, whatever, you know. And then when uh-huh. it's over, they all go to whatever bar is around there or wherever it is or whatever after party. And they're all there together. Together, exactly. Chilling. And even when I remember us just being in the pits and walking through the you know the back area and it was still like chill. Everyone yeah. was with each other. And something that I was talking to uh, – I think it was, I was talking to B and seeing where paintball players are now. And it's, we've always had where to be able to play this sport, you got to have that alpha mentality. There's no doubt about it. A little it. bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a little it's bit. A very aggressive sport. And seeing where it is now. And these kids have now taken it to a step further and have now got this, it's no longer a family. It's now just ego driven. And it's just like, I don't know, to me, it's kind of sad. It is. It is. Um, and, and we started to see the early tinges of that when, uh, when we were still playing because there was this, what, and I've mentioned this in, in previous episodes where there was this, uh, this mentality called the ag baller and you were just, you know, dripping with attitude and, and, you know, there was a style to them where they would wear, you know, a a handkerchief or something like that around their neck. And it was to encourage things from like bouncing instead of breaking on your neck, wearing little 
pieces of flair on you. Like at one point it became very popular for players to have raccoon tails or fox tails on the back of their mask or on the bottom of their pack. And, you know, uh, that's around the time when HK started really coming into prominence with some of their style and they introduced what are now common uh, styles in the gear today. They were the ones who introduced like the fingerless gloves and, and the Jersey that kind of went over the wrist, you know, with the thumb hole through the, through the cuff of the, the Jersey, um, Get the even early on then they had some of their guys were running the jogger style pants that are pretty much standard nowadays They're comfortable. so yeah <laughs> um but but as as you said you started to see this much more of an ego driven aspect to the sport and, and everybody was out there to try and get into the limelight and try and pull some big move that the whole crowd would just be like, Oh my God, did you see that? You know? So, and, and I get it because again, when you mix a, a player base that is anywhere from, you know, preteen to, you know, early twenties, that's a lot of hormones and testosterone in most cases, you know, that's a lot of, bravado and swagger that it is very hard to avoid and so yeah you do you get a lot of you got a lot of players who were they were trash talking the other team and they did it on the field off the field they did it every chance they got if somebody put a camera in their face they <laughs> went and did it there too you know but as time has gone by some of that bravado and swagger has stayed on, but I'm seeing much more of the camaraderie come back. You know, I, I was watching some videos the other day of uh, Mark Cresson, who he's, he is HK. He's Mr. H um, head of, you know, HK army head of the company. Um, he was out with some friends. I think they were doing a private group or something. And, and he made a mention of that. Uh, he said he wanted to, to give some, some respect and, and a shout out to the, the guys that were refing that day. And he said, you know what? These guys don't get a whole lot of credit. They're out here doing a pretty much a thankless job because of course, if something doesn't go your way, the first person you blame is the officials. So, you know, he was like, I just want to give a shout out to these guys. They don't get paid a lot. They're in some cases, they're literally trading their time as a referee for field time or for, you know, free, you know, to get to play for free at the field or something like that. So in some cases they're not getting paid. And so he pulls a Jersey out of his gear bag that it's a one-off it's his jersey they never mass produced it and he pulls his jersey out of his bag he signs it and he gives it to one of the referees and he's like thank you and so again you start to see like there really is some camaraderie and there is a there is respect for the other people in the sport once you're off the field um so it is, it's nice to see that come back, but you're absolutely right. There was so much just that, you know, I, I shoot suckers and, and, you know, get the, get the F off my field. And, you know, I, it was, it was pretty bad sometimes, you know, especially with the younger guys. So I, I'm, I'm guilty of having one of those stickers on my hopper. 
So I, I well the the we kill suckers just yeah. for just to 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 clarify the we kill suckers slogan was actually uh, the company is still around today a, a company called Bunker King um, they make some great gear by the way I've got a pair of their pants and a, a set of their uh, forearm elbow pads and they are nice um, but Bunker Kings yeah you know, they've been around for quite some time. And they were started, I think, primarily by one of the players that used to play for a team called Joy Division. Uh, they were based out of Sweden. And um, he, this guy was, I mean, uh, Max Max Lundqvist, I believe was his name. Yeah, Max Lundqvist. Um, I know Max. Yeah. Um, he was basically a model. Yeah, Blonde hair, blue eyed, chiseled features, you know. I hated him. I, it, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I never met him, so I can't make any kind of, you know. I hated him because of his looks, but ultimately. Oh, he was he was super pretty. I, the dude was, was pretty. <laughs> but the dude was super cool. I will say yeah. that he was so chill with us and would, you know, when we were at H, uh, HB, one of the tournaments, he was just out there chilling and like. Mm-hmm. talking to everybody and but yeah he had more of the ladies around him because he's just oh of course he's a good looking dude <laughs> i don't like you but damn it you're so cool <laughs> yeah yeah i as i said i never actually met him myself but everything that i've ever heard he was very approachable very humble uh you know love to love to talk to talk to people about the sport and he was a very quiet ambassador for the sport as well because of his style mm-hmm. you know he he ushered in his his trademark style was uh, leopard print mm-hmm. and it kind of became part and parcel of joy division they they became very well known for the leopard print and that was his team he played for them but bunker kings was a company he started and it started out as just a clothing company they made basically like t-shirts and beanies and stuff like that and their slogan was we kill suckers so in that sense that wasn't so much the ego or the bravado but it was you were repping a brand and so in my eyes not to make excuses for anybody but in my eyes that that kind of gets a pass but you know the the ones like where you could go to some of these kiosks at the mall or something and you could get wind like uh, transfer decals made and there was stuff that says like you know uh, getting bunkered is like having sex in prison you know (laughs) things like that it's like um you know Yeah, but 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 people would come out with with some of these stickers on their on their loaders, you know, that they put so many stickers across their loaders that even in some cases, the referees, you're not walking on the field with the with that, because I can't tell if that's paint or a sticker, you know. Um, But, yeah, I mean, there was there was a lot of trash talking in there, you know, that people would uh, they have their comments, they'd have their their slight digs at other people by uh, by way of what they were wearing well it's funny because so after i watched sunday driver here's another one for you guys that definitely got to watch serial killers which was yes. really, that was a really really good one that was monkey, monkey with a gun yeah. i when it came to a lot of the dirter uh, oh, Durder. I forgot yeah. about Durder. Durder was the competition, and I was not impressed with a lot of their DVDs. I, I actually yeah. saw quite a few of them, and 
Now, Durder did Sunday Drivers, right? I believe they did Sunday Driver, which I think was about the only one that I liked from there. Let me see. Let's bring, let's go to the interwebs <laughs> and see Sunday Driver Paintball Paintballs. That was by, where is it at? I don't know who it was made by. It's not telling me. I don't think it was Durder because I think Durder came out after long after this thing came out. Mm. And uh, I don't remember either. Let's see here. I'm pretty sure it wasn't Durder, but um, I wasn't too impressed with a lot of their DVDs. Their videos were a little bit more. I mean, their their sequences with the, the gameplay was a lot longer, and it just felt dragged on. Like, it was just dragging on, and I was just like, ugh. Oh, uh, PSP actually did Sunday Drivers. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the box art for it right now. It's uh, Paintball Sports Presents. Oh, that's Sunday crazy. Drivers. Division well, One film is, all, is what it says. Well, there, I mean, seriously... You will find in that DVD, you will see a young, like everybody young. And yep. you're just like, holy crap, all these guys are kids. And they were kids when they started doing it. But uh, you there? Sound like your audio, I'm here. Oh, it sounded like your audio was cutting out there. But definitely check out Sunday Driver. And then right after that, I checked out, like I said, Serial Killers. Yeah, Serial Killers was Monkey with a Gun. Yeah, Monkey with the Gun. And that one, now we're seeing like all those guys that you saw in Sunday Driver, a lot of them are now older and they're in this video. And now you've got, you know, you still got Mighty Marshall who's rocking a a WGP carnivore, which if you guys don't know what that is, it is the electronic version of an autococker. Yep. And when I was like you know wanting to get into a higher end gun i was like oh my god maddie's using that i want one of those yeah <laughs> i wanted one so bad and i never got one i'm pretty sad i wish i could have gotten one but you know if anybody's out there that still has a carnivore and wants to you know, toss it my way i'll take that thing and rock that out on the field but yeah uh, you've got maddie's in it uh chris lasoya which in Sunday Driver, there is an awesome moment with Chris to show kind of a, it's kind of a testament of his character and how he was. He took a picture with some British people that were like, oh, you're a paintballer. He's all like, yeah. And he was showing the kids, you know, letting them check out the ball, the paintballs that he had in his hopper and, uh-huh. and stuff and stopped, took a picture with them. And then as they walked away, he's all like, they had no idea who I was. And he just laughed about it. But he took the, that, that short moment to just talk to these kids and show these people, you know, what it is. Because obviously these people had never seen it and they just happened to be there for this tournament and saw it. And it was like, it was cool. But you definitely had, you had him, you had Rocky. Rocky, Rocky Cagnoni. No, no, yep. it, wasn't, it wasn't Cagnoni. Cagnoni was in... Uh, Oh, Rocky Knuth. Yeah, Rocky Knuth. Yeah, Naughty Dogs. Naughty Dogs. Uh, You have Ollie Lang, who was in it. You had... uh, Uh, Greenspan was in that as well. 
Oh, that's right. Ryan Greenspan. Yeah, it was, it's a, that DVD is, is a great one to see a lot of these guys. And that's all it was. It was a showcase of these individual players that have made their way up and it was, it's an awesome DVD. And it now, now you're seeing, a. uh, they're moving now into now we're into the five man format and uh-huh. we're seeing uh MPPL play. And I think there was a little bit of PSP in there thrown in there too, but that's a great one to see to just, you know, now you're seeing the high, the, the more modern stuff and you're seeing more of the modern guns that they're using. And uh, I think I, it was like the carnivore, the Timmy's, the shockers were being used in them. Um, um, the early shockers, not yeah. the SFT, the, the, the shoebox shocker. Yeah. Yeah. And then the early matrix as well. So it's a, it's another, again, it's another great video to see just how, how much it's progressed from 2000 with push to serial killer, which was in 2000. And I think it was like 2007 when that came out. I think that's what it was, but it's crazy to see that in that span of seven years, seven to less than 10 years, uh, just progression of markers and gameplay and even equipment that they were just wearing. Yep. You know, it's crazy. And then the next one I watched, because I was on a roll, I was going to watch as many as I could because I'm up all night anyways. So I might as well watch something was excessive DVD. Oh yeah. See, now we're starting to get into now we're starting to get into some of my favorites. Yes. That one was a great oh wait, but oh my god, how could I have forgotten? The very end speech, a Sunday driver, was just as good as the very oh, man. first speech, a Sunday driver. I'm telling you, Maddie's a freaking he's a, he's amazing with the pen. Yep. And, just how he delivered it as, you know, the voiceover for that. And again, it's an old DVD or, well, now I'm just going to say video. It's an old video, but it still to this day gives me just like chills in the back of my neck and makes me want to just get out there and just get on the field and play. And oh, even now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, man, those are... <laughs> It's like I got to listen to it just to get myself inspired again. But yeah, exactly. Now, yeah, like I said, now we're going to move into uh, into excessive video. Now, this was a documentary made by I think it was Monkey Butt with a Gun again. Uh, possibly. But this was a little bit different. This was a documentary about the building of the team excessive. And you see from the very beginning, you know, they documented the whole thing from the start to the end of their first year. And you're seeing Rich pull together a team of players from like all different teams. But you see Rich Telford, Matty Marshall, uh, Thomas Taylor. um, Nikki Cuba. Jeez. Uh, and oh god, Eborn. Pete uh Pete Yeah. From he they brought him over from uh New York Extreme. He started the team, but then he uh he, he kind of left it towards 
towards the end. Um, but you've got so many, so many guys, and it was like they didn't, they didn't hold back. They just showed everything that went on yeah. with the team through the whole year. You know, even yep. down to to guys complaining to the camera and stuff like that. But they pulled it together and continued on. You know, excessive. We as we saw after that first year was a team to be reckoned with because they were the ones that were trading off between the top three iron men uh-huh. dynasty and them. It was always those three yep. somewhere in the top. And that movie that actually premiered, which was really cool premiered at Huntington beach, uh, MPPL. I can't remember what year it is now. Uh, 2011. No, not 2011. Sorry. 2000. Four. That was 2004? Yeah, it's 2004. No. Wait. No, wait. no, no. No, 06. No, sorry, 06. Oh, my God. I was going to be like, holy crap. But so what was the name? What was the to- the whole name of that one? That was Excessive's. Uh, I have it right here. I should have had this already up. Heroes for a Day, the Excessive Story. That's what it was called. Yes. And it was Monkey Heroes with the Gun. Heroes for a Day. Yes. But the cool thing was, was they did it. They gave it a legitimate premiere at the MPPL. And it was at the movie theater right there in downtown Huntington Beach that they Mm -hmm. premiered it. That was the coolest thing in the world to have a a freaking paintball video or paintball movie up on the big screen. Yep. Yep. And, and if you go onto YouTube and just type in Heroes for a Day, the movie is on there. I'm looking at it right now. Two hours, 21 minutes. Yeah. It's it, on YouTube as we speak. It's a great – it is a, another great DVD. I yep. miss – I miss those videos. And, yes, you can go on to Go Sports. And, yes, you can see a lot of the content that they have, which I'm not knocking anything that they did or that they do on there. I'm not knocking anything that Maddie works on because he does a lot of that stuff on there. Um, but I do miss those DVDs. I miss those those things big time. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, it, it was a it was kind of a rotation. You know, mm-hmm. you would for the span of you know a week or two you'd watch serial killers and then you'd watch heroes for a day and then you'd watch push and you watch Sunday drivers. And then maybe you'd pop in one of the trauma heads, uh, <laughs> videos, or you put in a jawbreaker video, yep. you know, uh, and it went into like heavy rotation heroes yep. for a day was the, it was the doo-doo, you know, <laughs> it definitely was. And then, I mean, as you go on to YouTube and you could type in, uh, paintball DVDs or paintball videos. And you'll see all a lot of stuff that came after that. And, you know, they're still all pretty good, but those, was it? One, two, three, those four, right? Push, Sunny Driver, Serial Killers, and Heroes for a Day. Yeah. I think those four are the ones that stand out the most to me. They do. Because those are the... Those are the true movie documentary. Um, the other ones, like I say, the Jawbreaker series and Trauma Head, they, ju- they did individual DVDs that just highlighted 
specific events and then they would just talk to the teams at the events and then they'd have like a little review on oh this is the hot new marker that's out right now so yeah those four were the actual like movies the documentaries and those are the ones that really inspired people yeah so if you guys are if you guys are new to the sport which i don't know if you're new to the sport and you're listening to us that's actually pretty cool but Absolutely. Uh, quick shout out to all of our new subscribers on YouTube and Instagram as well. Uh, we really, really appreciate the support and we look forward to, you know, talking with you guys. Hopefully if you see us at the field, you know, hit us up by all means, we'll definitely share, uh, we'll share our, our time with you. Yeah. I'll try to uh, throw on my old Jersey, um, see if it still fits. <laughs> you'll see the big old behind the mask logo on my chest and on my back um but definitely yeah definitely a shout out to all you guys and i'm just i'm blown away that in my it, i mean compared to other guys out there you know like marcelo who's got like thousands yeah. of people following them yeah marcelo and tyler with their their podcast yeah I think Maddie's got a podcast as well. Maybe not quite as prolific, but. Um, you actually used to have it. I haven't seen any new posts on that because I think he's now just so busy with uh, Go Sports. Mm-hmm. He hasn't done anything. But, you know, these guys are putting out awesome content. Uh, you know, of course, you want to listen to those guys more than you want to listen to two old guys. That, you know, <laughs> never was. But we love the sport. I mean, this is. <laughs> We're that passionate about that, that like he, like Dennis said at the beginning of this thing, because I said, I didn't think we were going to make it this far. And he said, he thought we'd make it this far, but have nothing to talk about. And here we are <laughs> still talking about paintball because there's so much, there is so much yeah. that people have forgotten about or don't know about. Um, and if you guys really get into the sport, those are that's the way to see your God. I hate to say it this way, but your heritage of the yeah. sport. I mean, that's just what it is. That's but that's exactly what it is. Yeah. So, I mean, you could he- if you can't hear the passion in, in my voice, and wow, I, don't, I guess I'm not doing it right. But <laughs> this is definitely something that I love. It, it's the moment I picked up the marker, the moment I popped off that first ball. It was like. I was hooked. I was hooked to this sport. And then as yeah. I kept playing and found out there's tournaments, like there's tournaments. I didn't know there was tournaments. <laughs> and I was so like, like I wanted to get a team together so bad. And I did pull a team together and we were so bad. But in doing that, that led me to Keebler and Keebler led me to everything that I did in paintball from that point on. Yep. You know, and you guys may not know who I am, which is fine with me. I don't care, but I did a lot with this, this industry. And I want to, um, both me and Dennis, us doing this, we want to kind of give back a little bit. Yeah. And, and push this, this sport that almost died out. Yeah. And I'm not just saying because of this stupid, you know, fake flu. Um, but before that, it was dying out because because you know, the of economy, the economy. Yeah, the economy was going down and yeah. you know, people couldn't afford the fourteen hundred dollar guns. Now that Papa Trump 
gave everybody, you know, $1,400, $1,400 guns. And, uh, you know, now everybody's starting to get back into it. And we're seeing like, we had to take a step back from where we had gotten to, Uh to step back to mechanical guns, because it's much more affordable to run a mechanical gun than our electronics because we're throwing less paint but it's fun it's still fun oh yeah absolutely and so it's just you know taking a step taking a a walk down memory lane and watching those those dvds or i'm sorry again videos because they're just on youtube was definitely uh it was actually really cool it it took me back it definitely took me back because i remember when i first bought the excessive heroes for a day DVD. Uh-huh. I took it home and I was like, I literally bought pizza and I sat down and I threw that DVD on and I watched it. And there I am eating pizza. Yeah. I was by myself, but I don't care. <laughs> I was excited. I was like a little kid. Yeah. So, Oh man, it was, de- it's definitely, um, like I said, you guys get a chance, definitely watch it. But I think, how long have we been on? I don't even, we've just been rambling on on this one. We can keep rambling on about this stuff and talking more about this. Um, if you guys are still listening to this, then thank you for sticking Kudos with Kudos to you, yeah. Yeah, seriously. Because uh, I mean, we didn't really talk much except ramble on about history of this sport. And, you know, but it's something that, that it, like I said, it's kind of get has gotten lost. Yeah, we want to see people to become knowledgeable again of this and uh, hopefully exactly and and nowhere nowhere the sport evolved from kind of get an appreciation for the people that came before them you know uh, much like Eugene I I love playing paintball it's it's so much fun it's so addicting Um, it's literally the only other sport I've ever played in my life. I, you know, I, I grew up playing hockey for a number of years and that's kind of where I was hoping my life was going to lead me. It was down the road to becoming a professional hockey player, but um, you know, unfortunately born in, in Southern California that the chips were against me in the beginning, <laughs> but um, it's, it's literally the only other sport I've ever played. And for anyone who knows me on a personal level, um, I tend to kind of go all in. If there's something that I feel passionate about, I'm going to devote devote as much of my time and as much of my effort into it and trying, you know, have as much fun, but also be as successful as possible. And so, uh, again, so it's a passion for me that um, I I don't think is ever going to go away, you know. This is something that I'm always going to look back on the days when I walked out onto that field and I got shot to hell and I come off the field covered in welts and cuts (laughs) and bruises, but there's a smile on my face, you know, and I'm exhausted at the end of the day, but I have so much fun. And that's, I think, what's going to keep me coming back. And that's part of the reason why I always held in the back of my head, you know, when Eugene approached me with the the concept of doing this podcast i immediately was on board because it it, thinking back on on all of the people that we met all of the places that we went and uh all of the matches that we played 
yeah. You can't help but smile. Every everything that I when I think back is is fond memories. There's nothing negative about it, even with the pol- the politics of a team and everything that we yeah. started dealing with. It's still like I would love to be right back at that moment, and I wouldn't change. Oh, absolutely, and absolutely. I would change one thing. What was that? I would stress that we drilled harder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should have drilled a lot harder. We probably could have gone a lot further. We probably could have broken away from Keebler and started our own team. Exactly. And yeah, but just like you said, life happens, things change. And now here we are. So we are going to kind of wrap things up now. And just to let you guys know, we are really working at, at this point, really working hard at doing a live stream video. And we're going to try to do this probably once a month. Yeah. Um, yeah. I am literally racking my brains trying to pull together uh, equipment, you know, and it sounds like, you know, if when you go onto YouTube and you, they're like, oh yeah, simple ways to live stream. If anybody knows who I am, <laughs> I don't do it simple. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, well, it's one of my downfalls, but well, I and, want and to be fair, those videos that say a simple way to do X, Y, Z, they're also telling you that, you know, this is assuming you're starting off with three or four cameras, mics, booms, proper lighting, a switchboard operator <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> or even even then it's like these guys that are like in front of their camera and it's all cool background and they're yeah. like yeah here's a really inexpensive camera to start with for eight hundred dollars it's like uh yeah eight hundred dollars is maybe my budget for the whole thing for the and whole you're thing, telling exactly. me that eight hundred dollars is what i got to spend on one camera oh man but we are going to be working on that i'm hoping to get that up uh really soon um i'm i'm already working on our i guess we'll call it our studio we'll call it behind the mask media studio Um, yeah i'm gonna get that cleaned up and worked on and built up uh we did recently i've looks like i picked up a cameraman that is also probably going to be our little producer of our show because we do need a producer for the show We we do anybody else out there that is looking to want to get into media uh, and is not a flake. Let's lay, let's just put that there because I've dealt with a lot of flakes <laughs> in, my, in my past when I dealt with that, but wants to learn how to do media wants to do, you know, would want to go out and film, even if it's, you know, paintball being out on the field, documentary style and all that other stuff. I'm going to be doing that. We've already got a couple of events that will be coming up later on down the line. And it looks like BTM, uh, is making a comeback. We are definitely starting to make a mark. <laughs> yeah, son. Yep. So behind the mask is coming back, and we're gonna start pushing forward. And if again, if you guys have experience with behind the camera, want to learn how to do any of this stuff, definitely hit us up on Instagram, which our Instagram is behind the mask media, and I'll, I. 
I'll answer any questions you guys put up there. Dennis also will be answering any questions that he, that you guys put up there. Uh, we're going to probably be getting our Facebook up very soon. So that'll be another outlet. And when we stream, we're probably going to be streaming on, on YouTube, of course, doing a live stream and simultaneously doing it on Facebook. So yeah. That, yeah. A lot more stuff that I got to learn. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the nice the nice thing is that you know it, as time has gone by, these things have become more user friendly, and so we could literally be streaming to YouTube while streaming to Facebook, and you know one of us can be monitoring Facebook while we're talking to YouTube and and back and forth and whatnot like that. So it, it's not entirely out of reach. Yeah. Well, the format that we're, I'm looking at and thinking of doing is I'm wanting to do more of a show type mm-hmm. format yeah. instead of us just behind a, you know, microphones in the same area together. Um, just talking into the microphone, nothing. That's kind of the format that behind the bunker, which is our Canadian brothers up north who don't know us but will know us because sure, uh, find <laughs> at out some point they're going to be like who the hell are these guys <laughs> who the hell are we we are two old dudes exactly and i started behind the mask long before you guys came around and was doing interviews and all kinds of other stuff but it was and it was yeah. fun. so we yeah. want that's what we're looking to do uh coming up very soon as soon as i can get all the equipment fit together and everything so that's something to look forward to and you'll finally get to see these mugs uh, on camera. Don't get too excited. Don't get too excited. <laughs> yeah, you might want we're, to tell us, hey, go back onto just strictly vi- or audio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I've been told I have a, uh, I have a face for radio. So. <laughs> well, that is definitely is coming up. Also, uh, we actually are going to have a special podcast, special interview coming up with a legend in paintball, a legend that hasn't got his dues, which is sad, which actually a lot of, a lot of people that have put a lot of time, a lot of effort into this sport to grow it, to make it better, to do all these things have not gotten recognized. And I think I find those guys and start giving them their, showing the respect they deserve. Exactly. Exactly. And, yeah, and and this guest will probably be a head scratcher for a lot of people, no matter how, excuse me, how long you've been in the sport, um, because he's practically unknown. But his impact on the sport is extremely wide-reaching. So yes. I'm very excited for for you guys to hear this. Yeah, if you guys uh, want to know the, the name of our next guest, which is it's actually exciting to to be able to to have a second guest because you know our first one was B. Yep. She was on and she was great. And uh, a lot of you guys have listened to that, which I'm, I'm glad you guys have enjoyed that. And so, but this one was brought to our attention by B herself because she's like, you've got to, you guys got to talk to this guy because he is a pioneer in the sport. He was, um, you know, just, she was just going on and on. So I was like, okay, we definitely got to have him. But for you guys out there, his name is Steve davidson so again like dennis said you guys might not know who he is look him up he's written several books about paintball they're paintball guides paintball player guides the man 
has, I, but I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go too deep because I want to just wait till we get into that interview and let him dive into it. But he definitely yeah, allow the allow the listeners to to fully you know enjoy his story. Yeah, it's I'm looking forward to it, um, and we're actually going to have as our guest co-host. B said that she would jump on with us. So oh, that'd be great. That'd that's be great. Be cool. It's going to definitely yeah, no. be cool. But now for some shout outs. Which this episode I haven't done it yet, but just ansgear.com. <laughs> I haven't bought anything from them, but I just want to throw the name out there because hopefully sooner or later they'll hear us and be all like, "Hey, they'll hear from us you? exactly." Yeah. We want to sponsor you guys, you know. Hey, you guys, so like you guys are talking about us a lot. <laughs> yes, ANS. I will be seeing you very soon because I need to go pick up a new uh, pod pack. So I'll be seeing them in a couple of days before I head out to go play this coming weekend. But I also wanted to give a little shout out for something that B is part of and it's in the works. It's coming down the pipe, but it's the Rocky mountain field series. It's a three on three series that's happening. If you guys are out in like the Montana, um, I don't know if, if this is great, this gets out that far. Not saying that the internet doesn't go out there, but I'm just saying, I don't know if there's any listeners out there. Our listener base, yeah. yeah. But it's out in Montana. Uh, there should be putting up some stuff. I might be a little bit premature with this, but it was something I was working on for B, but I just wanted to throw it out there. Get it, you know, start looking up, looking for it. It's going to be at three different ser- uh, three different parks, uh, Mountain Action, Paintball, Highway 1, Paintball, TE paintball. And there's one more, which they were going to announce. Um, Cause I, I did the flyer for them, but we're looking at June 19th, July 10th and August 28th. These are the dates that they've got up on their flyer. Uh, Destiny and HK are the sponsors of this thing. So definitely keep an eye out for this. Uh, look up those events or those fields. They should be getting a, fl- a post up on their Facebook accounts really soon. And I just want to do that and shout it out there. We're going to put up as soon as they figure out what like poster basically they want, we'll put it up on our site also and, and keep absolutely as it comes closer. And that's what we want to do for you guys out there. If you guys are listening, if you're a field, if you're a, you know, a team, we will definitely give shout outs and promote stuff for you guys. And we're not even looking for like, you know, really in, in return. Um, maybe if you're a field, maybe like, you know, kick us down a little entry for, you know, shout out or something, but right. honestly, we're just out here just to, to build the sport and want to get it out there and get tournaments going. And, uh, again, if you're a team DM us, let us know who you are and what your little story is. And maybe we can get you guys on, uh, one of our, our podcasts and talk to you guys and talk about whatever you guys are doing. So especially if you guys are doing some sort of like fundraiser for a, uh, what do you call it? Like a charity. If you guys are connected to a charity. Yeah. Charity events or more than happy to, to shout that out. Absolutely. Yeah. And if it's a local event, uh, I don't better. mind getting out there and getting the camera in you guys' face and, you know, doing a little video for you guys on that, that side too. So yep. again, you guys want hit us up. Uh, get on Instagram at behind the mask media. And like we always say at the end of the shows, get out there, play paintball, 
get to your local fields, give them your money, build this sport, <laughs> drag out your friends that have never played before. If you have exactly. never, if you're listening to this for the first time and are like kind of interested in playing paintball, get out there, play the sport. You will get hooked. Also, of course, visit your local fee or your local stores, help them out. Cause it's been a rough time, but this is it. This is us. I'm Eugene. And I'm Dennis. And this is another Behind the Mass. We'll see you guys later. Bye.